What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Welcome to Bingeworthy, a podcast dedicated to telling you, the audience, which of the many dozens of streaming shows that are being thrown at you each week and month are worth your time and attention. Hosted by myself, Mike D'Angelo, and editor-in-chief of The Playlist, Rodrigo Perez. Today we're highlighting Prime Video's big action espionage series, The Terminalist, which stars Chris Pratt, Constance Wu, Taylor Kitsch, Jai Courtney, and many more. It follows a Navy SEAL officer who's sucked into investigating why his entire platoon was ambushed during a covert mission. The entire eight-episode series drops on Prime Video on July 1st. It's definitely the darkest and most brutal thriller that Chris Pratt has ever done. Uh, Those coming to this thinking that, you know, hey, it's another Jack Ryan or Reacher or whatever those series are that Prime Video tends to drop, they're definitely in for a surprise on this one as it's not those things at all. There's a very haunted darkness to this series that sets it apart from those other ones. But if you're coming for, you know, a mystery and maybe some action and to see Chris Pratt try out a new gear, I think you'll end up pretty satisfied. Our guests today are director Antoine Fuqua, who you may know from his films like Training Day, Olympus Has Fallen, The Equalizer 1 and 2, The Guilty, Southpaw, and much more. He executive produces this, and he directed the first episode. He and Terminalist showrunner David DeGilio sat down with me to discuss how they came to the show, working with Chris Pratt not only as an actor but as a producer and a storyteller, and even Fuqua's next film, Emancipation, which he hypes in a pretty big way. But before we get to our chat with Antoine Fuqua and David DeGilio, I've got to tell you that Bingeworthy is a part of the playlist podcast network which includes the playlist podcast the discourse both of which i'm a part of also be real deep focus the fourth wall and more it can be heard on apple podcasts anchor fm soundcloud stitcher spotify wherever you find your favorite shows follow like and subscribe drop us a rating on any of those as we greatly appreciate it okay let's shoot on over to my conversation with the great director antoine fuqua and writer showrunner david DeGilio. On David, thanks there again. I'm back. back. We're gonna do this. Good to see you again with the fishes. <laughs> uh, so let's start from the beginning. Antoine, I know you and Chris Pratt were kind of in a bidding war for this one for the rights to the book. Mm-hmm. How did you discover it, and how did you guys ultimately work things out? Was it as simple as finding out you both were on, you know, on the same hunt, or what was it? Yeah, it was, yeah, something like that. I uh, a friend who's a Navy SEAL who. Uh, uh, his name is Matt. He told me about the book before it came out. It was in manuscript form. And um, I started to, you know, obviously go down the road of trying to uh, secure the rights. 
and it was some other guy <laughs> that was going after it, and he was a big star. And I was like, who the hell is that? Who can that be? And my phone rang, and it was Chris. And he's like, hey, the terminalist. I hear you're trying to get it. I said, oh, it's you? I said, yeah, I was going to come to you with it after I got it. He goes, let me get it, and then we'll do it together. And uh, I was like, all right, well, you know, he's a man of his word. So Chris went and got the rights, and then he brought it back to me, and we did it together. And then we hired this guy here, who is a great showrunner producer who um, brought it to life. Yeah, that was going to be my very next question is, how did you get involved, David? Was there something that, you know, was it something that they brought to you or did you fight for this? It was actually something that I fought for. It's nice. what's called an OWA, an open writing assignment. Um, I have my team on the lookout for anything that falls into the kind of military thriller, espionage thriller space all the time. Um, I grew up inside the beltway of Washington, D.C., um, have a lot of ties to CIA, um, have military veterans in my family. Uh, and so when I heard about this project, uh, it had kind of all three uh, boxes checked. It had a great piece of material, great director, and a movie star. Um, I then read the book, and um, I uh, was a psych major. I love stories that get a little twisted. Mm -hmm. And so I found something in the book. Jack Carr has something going on with Reese's mind, he has a kind of flashback component mm -hmm. uh, to the story. And I just was like, hmm, let's just turn this dial to 11 and see what happens. And so I pitched that take to the guys, they got excited. And then what was really cool is my next call was to Jack Carr himself. And I pitched a take to Jack and he got pumped up. Yeah. He was like, I love that because it honors the book but create surprises for the fans who are out there already. And make it more cinematic. And well. more cinematic. Yeah. Exactly right. Is that the, the brain tumor of it all that you're talking about, where it's kind of messing with his perception? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, you call it the unreliable the, narrator. The unreliable narrator. <laughs> I just like love that space. We, um, you know, we live in this, this world where this question of what is truth mm -hmm. um, is something we deal with every day. Yeah. And so if we had a hero who was dealing with that from the get-go, I thought we had a way to really pull people in. Yeah. Um, we know, you know, from all of Antoine's incredible films, um, he can balance character and action better than anyone. And so I thought, here's a way to kind of take this character and just twist it a little bit right. like you've never seen before. More psychological thriller. More psychological thriller. And that would get people really fired up. Yeah. And uh, based on the reaction from you guys and then from Jack, I was like, okay, I think we have something here. Mm -hmm. And then we were off to the races, yeah. developing the season, had incredible writer's room. We had military veterans in that room, including former special operators. Right. Um, and we just bounced ideas back and forth from yeah. the room to the EPs until we nailed down season one and then, boom, started breaking episodes and writing scripts. Yeah. So the tone of this one, like I'm, I'm watching the previews. I'm like, okay, I've seen Jack Ryan and Reacher, the series that Prime Video has already put out. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so it's probably going to be something like that. Light, easily digestible, but right, good. Right. And yeah. this one's got some darkness to it. It's got some like a haunted tone. Right. Um, having not read the book myself, is that something you both really saw and wanted to bring to it? Or was there ever a part where you're like, this is, this is too dark for the show or the tone you know, did it change a lot in pre and post production? For me, it was a mixture. You know, it, it, it's, an, it's naturally there because of the way I view uh, certain things. And I'm friends with a lot of the military uh, vets, Navy SEALs in particular. Uh, so is Dave. 
and they were with us all the time. And, you know, there's a balance that they have to, uh, a rope they have to walk of being on, uh, uh, on a mission and coming home. And coming home sometimes can be dark. And uh, a lot of that has to do, obviously, of what events took place on those missions that they can only share with each other. Uh, so immediately I saw that happening as I read the book and then talking to David Feather when he talked about the psychological twist in it, it really just sort of clicked in for me that it had to be darker because he's still on mission, but he's on home soil. Yeah, obviously, uh, just for Chris himself, this is a huge passion project. We talked about you both getting in a bidding war over it. What does he bring just as an executive producer, as an actor in the collaborative process here? He's um, an incredible storyteller on top of being an incredible person and actor. And, you know, I think we were both, maybe you had worked with him a little bit on this on Mag 7. Mm -hmm. For me to see the storyteller side of Chris Pratt, I knew the actor Chris Pratt. Um, But to see the storyteller side, it was amazing. Because I think like, as I was pitching the psychological take, he said, oh, you've hit on something that I really love um, for this series. And he distilled it immediately mm-hmm. into like four, wor- four words. It was tradecraft set against paranoia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that thing, and, and I started referring to it as Antoine Fuqua meets Alfred Hitchcock. Right. This thing, which is just this like incredible, because you're, you're a true student of cinema yeah. atop with, uh, on top of being an uh, auteur filmmaker. And um, to see like all of the military tradecraft of Jack Carr's novel, Mm -hmm. then brought into um, the psychological thriller prism, right? Where you can question everything that you're seeing. I think fans have to watch very carefully, Mm -hmm. right? We we have clues, visual language, visual literacy, as you call it, um, that are giving clues to whether whether or not stuff is real. Mm -hmm. All of those layers are built into this show. So it creates a total cinematic experience when you're watching it. Yeah, absolutely correct, absolutely correct. Chris brings a lot to the table. You know, Chris is, he's obviously intelligent and he's a lot of fun. I like to say, you know, sometimes the light is in the darkness, you know, Mm. And, and, and the guys like Special Forces and Navy SEALs, they live sometime in the shadows, in the darkness, right? And so Chris, in a weird way, has that thing. I could see the darkness in him. When I did Mag 7, I had fun with Chris every day, but I could see a darkness there, right? And that's why he's so light and bright and happy, because normally comedians come from a darker place at times, right? And also um, what, what was really important for me was Chris loves storytelling. He loves cinema like a kid in a way, like, you know, the great filmmakers, sort of great actors still have that magic in their, in their, in their head. You know what I'm saying? And that's really important to have. And what's most important, which is a weird thing to say, but maybe you understand what I'm saying is that Chris loves people. And if you have someone that actually cares about other human beings, that's a quality that if it could come off on camera, then you have empathy for him immediately. And you could tell he cares for other human beings. And that's just a natural quality that Chris has. He's a really caring person, you know? Um, yeah. So that's really special. Yeah, he conveys that in his eyes so well. Yeah. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah. Antoine, you have an EP credit on here as well. I mean, you do the you direct the first episode. You set the tone. A lot of important things need to go through you. Yeah. What do you do in terms of the production beyond that? Are you just trying to make sure that they get the tools they need? Or are you really involved, like, trying to keep this on the tracks? 
No, I'm really involved, but I got an amazing team. I mean, Dave and 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 uh, Jack. We kept Jack uh, Jack Carr involved, obviously. Uh, Chris, we had an amazing team. Um, I rely heavily on them, but you know, Dave and these guys would reach out to me when it was time. Um, I would, you know, talk to the directors up front or send them. I put together a visual book about this thing, and I do a psychological breakdown. I mm-hmm. try to do as much work as I can before, and then I hand it off. And then, you know, uh, it's good sometimes to step back because I went off to emancipation and then I would look at cuts, the first director's cut. And it was good because I was fresh eyes. And then I could kind of go right to what I was thinking or feeling and seeing and come right back to Dave. So every episode I saw or every two or three episodes I would see, and then me and Dave and Chris, we'd all get on the phone and dive into what I saw and to keep the tone or something. like one of the episodes, we was, there was a lot of music, and then immediately I saw it, and I called David and said, strip all the music out. Music. Just kill it. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You want to be in the environment. So that's kind of how I work. So I'm in, as involved as you can get. Yeah. yeah. It was, I remember a call that we had, and you said, um, Dave, I'm going to be the audience. Right. And that having those fresh eyes as the audience, and, and right. obviously – you know, Antoine has um, connected with audiences so well for, for so many years here. It was like, oh, this is awesome because we're living the subjective experience of making this show. Right. And you can't help but carry some of what you experienced on set right. uh, into the cuts. Right. And so for you to be able to look at those fresh, see exactly where maybe something was in there that we didn't need, places that we could heighten. Uh, it was incredible. And then for me, one of the best parts of this is we were working with Antoine's sound team, remarkable, mm-hmm. remarkable masters yeah, of the craft. Yeah, and, uh, and there's a real shorthand. And so um, we're able to work together with this sound team. Mm-hmm. And really, um, I think in that final finishing, yeah. uh, I, and we actually had you back at that point yeah. um, from emancipation and man, that's like, it makes a, big difference. It makes a huge difference. Yeah. It's what kind of like yeah. just ramps it up to, to the final product that you see yeah. on screen. Yeah. But it is teamwork though, bro. I, really, yeah. Yeah. I, learned, I learned that from some of the greats, you know, like a Jerry Bruckheimer, you know? Mm, absolutely. And you got, and then somebody has to be the audience on the team. So yep. if I got to go do something else, because I'm one of the fans of the book, yep. I'm, you know, I'm a fan of the genre, so I can watch it fresh again and, and, and give good notes that might be helpful. So Jack Carr's a SEAL, Pratt's friends with a lot of SEALs, you're friends with a lot of SEALs, David, I'm I'm assuming you are as well. How important was it to involve as many as possible in this and to make it as authentic as possible on this production? Invaluable. If if we're not not just creative and movement and technical for their service, Mm. right? We wouldn't be able to make these movies and be, have the freedom that we have if it wasn't for them. And, And it's not a lot of them. And, and they really feel that. I think, you know, talking to Jack, he's watched it um, with friends from the special operations community, from the military community, yeah. and they get really emotional yeah. um, watching it because they can see the care yeah. that was put into making this show. And and I think a lot of us on the civilian side don't understand that um, when a military veteran is watching like a great action movie, but there are sparks with every bullet hit that pulls them out of the experience because that would never happen in real life. And so to have um, the really the support of incredible people um, like Jared Shaw, uh, co-producer, and he plays Boozer. um, And he was 
like literally in visual effects reviews um, with us as we're finishing this show. Right. And he's going, uh, that muzzle flash is too big. Mm -hmm. um, that bullet would not spark. All of these things so that every frame That's has authentic. had that kind of authentic eye put upon it. Uh, that means a lot. And it's a way for us to honor those who have served. Yeah. And I say this next question just as a fan of the show, but I was wrestling with some feelings when I was watching this. So mm. it follows a familiar story like this revenge path where you get, you know, sometimes it's normal people on the run finding revenge. Sometimes it's trained badasses versus tra other trained badasses. Mm. James Reese is a highly trained individual who ends up taking up arms. And at some points he's committing acts of even in the show, it says domestic terrorism mm. to the point where. I'm wondering, should I be rooting for this guy at times? Was mm. that intentional? Did you want audiences to go, this guy's crossing a line or is he crossing a line? And, uh, you know, where, where did you guys kind of debate with the depiction of some of these things? Well, quickly for me, you know, I, first I always look at the entertainment value, right? And you you uh, try to sure. step away from our reality and just entertain the audience. And, you know, you go back to Parallax View or, or Three Days of the Condor, you know, all those films have that sort of the government conspiracy things. The most important thing I think comes out of it for me is even when I did like Olympus has fallen, right? It's fun. Sure. It's kind of like the best thing we can do in movies sometime. It's like, it's a little bit of a cautionary tale of let's not let this happen. Yeah. You know, it's a movie and everything, but you know, let's take it seriously as far as some, some guys to come home with mental issues and need help. They just need some help. And, you know, in the reality, it doesn't even need to be that extreme if some guys just can't even get a job. And that's painful, you know? And so in a movie, we can entertain you and say the what ifs, but if nothing else, we have this conversation that you and I are having right now with David about, you know, the cautionary tales of these things, you know? You know yeah, I love, I, I love that, Antoine. I think that, um, that notion of coming home, and you've talked a lot about this, and, and it certainly for me was, was a big part because it's about the kind of duality that we all deal with, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you've talked about um, people under pressure, but also for all of us, you know, if there's a part of us that is connected to the warrior class, and if you can create a, an examination of um, the kind of uh, history of the warrior class and create incredible entertainment on top of that, I think you've done something special. So that's, I think, something that connects with the book audience and we wanted to make sure that translated to the screen yeah. as well. Yeah. Always, I'm always smuggling in some kind of message. Absolutely. <laughs> That's know? the best art. That's yep. what you got to do, man. You know? So obviously this is the first book in the series that he wrote. Was this intention, you know, just to tell the story that you wanted to tell with this book, you know, whatever happens after that happens, or are you guys planning ahead? Is there like a season two planned out or greenlit at this point? It's classified. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely classified. Yeah, because um, we don't know. We don't I'm going to sick Ben on you. I'm yeah, it's classified you. from us. Maybe Taylor Kitsch knows. Um, but but uh, we're we are really lucky um, that Jack Carr is writing at at such an incredible pace. Um, book five just came out, hit the top of the bestseller list. Yeah. Uh, he really has created a roadmap for seasons two, three, four, five. So we could just focus on season one with this, which is really rare, I think, for a showrunner in the writer's room uh, in the EPs to be like, all right, we know what's coming down the road. We can just make season one as incredible uh, a season of TV as possible. But I really do encourage um, viewers 
who love the series and connect with the series to grab True Believer, that's book two, mm. and start reading. It's an incredible read. Yeah. Absolutely. Antoine, I always anticipate everything you do. You already mentioned an- Emancipation that's coming out, I think, next year. What can you tease about that? And do you guys have a release date for it yet? Don't have a release date for it, but um, as a feature film goes, it's the best thing I've ever done. Wow. That's some big words right there. Yeah. I mean, you know, as a director, you know, you hope to grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you tell me when you see it. So <laughs> I, I see I see some growth in myself. Yeah. It sounds like it has a potential to be very epic in scale. Yeah. yeah. It is epic. Okay. Okay. Hey, I'm anticipating it. Very big fan. And and speaking of big fan, I love the Equalizer movies. Are you still planning to to do the third entry? Uh, yeah, man. Um, I start filming in September. You know, as long as the world is still here. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, we, me and Denzel, we start in September. Yeah. Yeah. Different. You guys traditionally don't. I mean, you don't really come back for sequels for the most part. So, what's been the the fuel that's been like bringing you back every time? For me, it's Denzel. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It, I love working with Denzel. I'm honored. I'm blessed to work with him. And uh, again, you know, I love working with the same actors. I've worked with Chris before, worked with Jake Gyllenhaal, Ethan Hawke. You know, I got, when you get blessed to work with great actors again and again, you know, it's like, it's one of the best compliments any filmmaker can get. Yeah. yeah I don't Denzel, think anyone says no to Denzel. <laughs> Nobody I know. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. David, I, I'd ask if you have anything coming up, but I have a feeling that might be classified. Uh, it might be classified. Yeah, I'm definitely tied to this show right now. Uh, I just hope everybody uh, enjoys it. It's yeah. the kind of show we're super stoked that it's dropping as a binge because it's definitely uh, an eight chapter movie. It is also the kind of show I think people are going to watch through and then go back and watch again uh, for the breadcrumbs that we're leaving along the way. Absolutely. I went through it in two days, so it's, nice. it's worth it. But wow. uh, I got to wrap with you guys, Antoine, David. Big fan. Looking forward to seeing what you guys do next. Thank you. Thank you so much.